0: Hello, and welcome back to the Iowa Type Theory Commute. I'm Aaron Stump, and we have been talking about proof theory for quite several months now. And we're talking a little bit about ordinal analysis in proof theory, which is where we try to assign an ordinal that gives us some sense of the strength of a logical theory. Uh, And um, what I wanted to talk about today, and the reason it's taken me a while to post this episode, is that I wanted to... um, Get in a little bit more and see if I could give an example ordinal analysis. So um, <laughs> yeah, I think proof theorists are probably like, oh, yeah, I, I could do that. <laughs> you sure could, but um, but would we be able to understand what you're saying? Um, so uh, I I don't I basically didn't quite manage to get to that level of knowledge to be able to explain that. Um, I can give you the basic idea. Well, the basic idea is that you. You show, like, for example, okay, so the the example, the, like, really classic example ordinal analysis is for piano arithmetic, which is basically just first-order logic with um, operations, and with a first-order logic with equality quality uh, operation symbols for, I mean, function symbols for operations like addition and multiplication. I think you can take whatever ones you want. Uh, uh, Arithmetic operations. Um, and an induction scheme, okay. And so in this this theory, uh, the proof-theoretic ordinal, in the sense of Rathjen that we talked about, as basically the least upper bound of all the ordinals for which you can give a definable an ordering that's definable in the theory, and and prove induction for that ordering, uh, that is epsilon zero, okay, epsilon zero. Uh, at some point long ago when I studied this, I actually had t-shirts made up and, uh, um, <laughs> Chris Gossiguito, who, uh, I recently got a chance to say hi to on email was, uh, he was just kind of like, yeah, I don't have as much ordinal, you know, themed clothing as I, as I wish I did. And it's like, yeah, you know, but <laughs> I had t-shirts I had epsilon zero on the back, which is a little silly, but, um, it's, and what is it? It's like, an it's the least fixed point of the, um, function that exponentiates omega to a power. So, omega to the omega. So, basically, epsilon zero, you can think of it as an infinite tower of omegas. Sounds pretty mind-blowing, but for ordinals, that you're just getting started <laughs> with that kind of thing. So, anyway, um, the ordinal example ordinal analysis I wish I could kind of give you more information on is to show that piano arithmetic has proof theoretic ordinal um, epsilon zero. And... The rough idea, as best as I understand, is first of all that you can show within piano arithmetic, you can derive induction for um, uh, I forgot where we sort of take it as. I think we can show we can derive induction for um, basically any ordinal up to epsilon zero, but not including epsilon zero. So you can derive induction for Omega squared, or omega to the omega to the omega, or these different kind of things, but not all the way to epsilon zero. So, like, step one is to show that you can actually derive—you um, uh, can actually derive a principle of induction for all these smaller ordinals. Now, actually, uh, taking that, and that's why I like got I got bogged down. I wanted to be able to tell you something more meaningful than just like, oh yeah, you know, supposedly you can do this. Um, and I have a little more to say about that. So but both but you know if you just think if you think about Rathjen's definition of the proof theoretic strength of a theory that we talked about last time, if if you could do what I just said, like then um actually that would be well okay, uh ah, that's almost sufficient. So if you can prove that you can drive induction for all these ordinals less than epsilon zero, then uh okay, and now the the next key part is you need to show that you cannot derive induction for epsilon zero itself within the theory. And one rough way I know to do that, I was looking at Trollström and uh, and they, as usual, um, pretty hard to penetrate style. They have a different argument for why you cannot derive induction up to epsilon zero within piano arithmetic. But uh, roughly the argument I thought I understood was that um, Genson proved... Consistency of arithmetic um, using induction up to epsilon zero. And so by Girdle's um, second incompleteness theorem, the theory of piano arithmetic, if consistent, cannot prove its own consistency. So if you could actually derive induction up to epsilon zero within piano arithmetic, then since if you you know since we have this proof of Genson that shows that induction up epsilon zero, it, plus like basic easy stuff that piano arithmetic has is enough to derive um, consistency of piano arithmetic, then that would show you like that those two things you just you can't have piano arithmetic deriving that induction principle because from that induction principle you get consistency of piano arithmetic. Okay. So that that's sort of like that's the rough argument that I knew to say why epsilon zero is not derivable in piano arithmetic uh, induction up to epsilon zero. So if you put those pieces together, if you buy this thing, or if you just accept these pieces, they're like, okay, induction for ordinals up to epsilon zero is derivable. Now I've given you no lead on that, and I'm going to try to say a little bit more about that. But if you buy that, and you also, if you accept that, okay, um, induction, uh, you know, induction at two, you know, over epsilon, or, you know, Induction for epsilon zero is actually underivable, then that's enough to plug that into Rathgen's definition and say, okay, so we have these orderings. Um, we can, we can um, derive induction for all these different ordinals less than epsilon zero. And Rathgen's definition says you now take the least upper bound of those, and the least upper bound of those semantic, you know, mathematical sets. Is epsilon zero the least upper bound of all these like omega to the omega to the omega and oh, you know, a tower of 100 omegas and whatever the limit of that the least upper bound is like the limit, the limit of that is an infinite tower of omegas. Okay, so, um, yeah, so that's <laughs> I was fumbling around quite a bit trying to to tell ta- to learn more to be able to tell you something useful about that. And the piece that was frustrating me and still frustrated a little bit was, um, this piece that should be pretty. Not too bad, which is uh, that you can derive induction for these smaller ordinals um, within piano arithmetic. And um, intuitively, you know uh, we, can ha- we can derive uh, lexicographic induction uh, over natural numbers in piano arithmetic. We can prove that like if you have a uh, like if we order pairs of numbers, Lexicographically, meaning either the first component gets smaller, and then the second component can do anything, including explode to some astronomical size, but the first component goes down, or the first component stays the same, and the second component goes down. Well, that, as I mentioned a couple episodes ago, I think that's like um, that's like omega squared. That pairs of numbers like that, you could think of it as being like uh, basically being omega squared. Why do I say that? Because um, you do, like if my numbers are x and y, then think of the the pair x, y, when we're ordering it lexicographically, we could sort of transfer that to an ordering on ordinals where we order um, omega times x plus y, okay? And that's sort of like intuitive thing, if this ordinal stuff is like not really your cup of tea, but the intuitive thing is like, well, if I had some way to have some notion of infinity, and i 'm comparing these infinities so that 's like the Omega here um, then and I have Omega times X plus y well if X goes down that means my overall quantity is going down by a factor of infinity which intuitively should cover you know the second component going up by however much you want right if y explodes to some beyond astronomical quantity it's still less than infinity right so if the first if my quantity goes down by at least one factor of infinity that it doesn't really matter what my other thing does. Um, so, and you can derive this in, uh, um, intuitively you can derive this in piano arithmetic by kind of a nested induction. Um, and I'm, I'm a little, yeah, I, I don't try, I dare not try to cobble together the technical details while I'm talking right now, but um, it's like Ackerman's function, Right. in ackerman's function you can show that's decreasing by a this exactly by this lexicographic ordering um, and uh, you can define ackerman's function by kind of like an a pair of loops like an outer loop and an inner loop where the inner like the inner loop calls the outer loop um, in this in a certain nested way so anyway I'm sorry that's like Pretty sketchy business I'm giving you there. But uh, that's basically, I just wanted to, to sketch a little that yes, you could derive induction for omega squared, but I was like a little puzzled on how you go beyond this. And then I found this super nice paper. I think I just Googled ordinals in, I think I Googled ordinals in caulk. And I found some pretty impressive stuff, but it was hard for me to read. And then I googled ordinals in Agda, and I found the paper. I'm actually not sure it was published. It was on archive, you know, the, like, preprint server. People just put their papers, whether they're published or not. And um, it uh, it was really nice. I really recommend it. I'll put a link in the show notes. Uh, and it explained how to define ordinals up to epsilon zero in Agda. And um, And it basically sort of argued, like, you could think of them as sort of finitely nested multisets. They actually give several different representations. This is a paper by uh, um, Ghani and um, Forsberg, and oh gosh, I'm sorry, I forgot who all the authors are. Uh, but um, yeah, so you can, you can represent these as like um, finitely nested multisets of basically, of numbers. Or you don't really need numbers, you just have like a token, like the zero, and then you form finite, finitely nested multisets. So I right, so can have a multiset containing, multiset containing, multiset. And these kind of multisets, um, showing the, how that they decrease, uh, showing that orderings on these things are, are well-founded, is a pretty similar idea to showing that the lexicographic ordering is well-founded. Um, so, uh, But they're writing in Agda, and they've fully availed themselves of the ability to recurse over the inductive types. They have three different representations, I said. They, to recurse over the inductive types of the ordinals they have. Um, and so if you just wanted to use natural number induction, I think you'd have to think just a little bit about how to set that up. Um, and they're, they're totally not trying to... to they were There is more like a case study of homotopy type theory because they use quotient inductive types to represent. One of the representations of ordinals uses a quotient inductive type where they can just give an inductive type and then um, just axiom, just add an axiom basically that says certain of these things are to be considered equal. Um, that's part of what homotopy type theory tries to give you. It's a definitely a pretty noteworthy feature of homotopy type theory. Um, anyway, uh, I've rambled on just about as much as I should, I think, about this topic. So, you know, the ordinal analysis, uh, I think that's about all I'm going to say about it. We try tried to give some... Very sketchy take on how do you show that the you know ordinal, proof theoretic ordinal in the sense of Rathgen of piano arithmetic is epsilon naught. You basically try to show that you can derive induction for all these less smaller ordinals, and like we can at least sort of get started with omega squared. That's cool. Kind of makes sense. And since these things are supposed to basically just be like nested multisets, then like some kind of nesting should finite nesting should be enough to do that in piano arithmetic, but that's the part where my, my details are falling apart there. I, I, I don't know how that works, and I, so hence I cannot explain it. Sorry for that. Um, and then you just have this result of like, okay, epsilon zero itself, you cannot drive induction for that within piano arithmetic, because otherwise the theory would prove itself consistent, which is impossible. Okay, um, I hope you're able to hear everything I'm saying. Okay, I'm in a kind of a noisy late night drive. COVID booster shot. Yeah. So I hope you guys are well wherever you are. And thanks for checking in. And I'm not quite sure. I feel like I've almost talked about all the proof theory I, I know enough of to talk about or want to talk about. Um, so I, I might be switching topics here or else maybe a little more proof theory. I'm not sure. Okay. Thanks again for listening. Take care.